Welcome to Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepard alongside Ed Cannon, who is the president of FEBC. I say alongside. In all honesty, we're recording via Zoom, Ed. You're in California. I'm in Chicago. So yeah. we're alongside, though, in many ways, aren't we? Yeah. Thousands of miles alongside each other. <laughs> but technology has changed everything, hasn't it, Wayne? Yeah, it has. It, yeah. And we're grateful for this. Uh, we're going to talk about reaching out to ethnic language groups today, something that uh, we think needs a little explanation. And then we're going to have a guest join us. So, Yeah, we've, we've chatted around here that we're so familiar with the term ethnic language groups that we toss it around all the time. Everybody seems to know what it is, but it's kind of like a computer repairman coming to your house and talking about this chip and that chip and that transformer and this inductor. And <laughs> he thinks you understand what you're talking about, but you, all you hear is like, woof, woof, woof. So yeah, we're, we're familiar that we need to explain those things to you. So when we say the ethnic minority languages, Wayne, what those of us at FEBC understand that to mean is language groups of people that aren't necessarily associated with the geography of a country. Mm-hmm. So we have FEBC Thailand, FEBC Cambodia, FEBC Myanmar. Those ministry fields are primarily broadcasting and communicating the good news in the national language of that country. So FEBC Thailand is broadcasting in Thai. FEBC Cambodia is broadcasting in Khmer, the national language of Cambodia. But in this Southeast Asia region, there are hundreds of ethnically minority people groups. They have their own language. They live in remote regions. Many of these languages you've never heard of. Some of you listening today might have heard of the Hmong people or the Mian people. Uh, there's literally hundreds of those languages. And what we're going to talk about today, Wayne, is FEBC's focused effort on a number of these minority people groups, where we're broadcasting in their indigenous language, uh, not defined by geography. So reaching these people is really hard. And many of these people groups not only have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, but they've never had missionaries reaching out to them, and they don't even have a Bible translated in your language. So it's truly reaching the unreached. Yeah, they're in places that are just hard to to access, and that's a big part of the problem, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Remote places like Laos and northern Vietnam and uh, up into the northern regions of Thailand, spilling over into China. But anyway, that's enough talk on that from guys like me who don't really know much about it. Therefore, we've brought an expert with us today. My dear friend, Jonathan Mortis, has been with FEBC for a very long time. Uh, He was originally serving at FEBC in the Philippines. He was born and raised in the Philippines, subsequently moved to the U.S., and now he's serving with us here at FEBC's office in La Mirada, California. Uh, Welcome, Jonathan. Great to have you with us today. Um. Jonathan's role is to help us through primarily the ministry in Thailand, but ministering to the ethnic minority languages. So, Jonathan, if you could just give a brief description to those listening today of what that ethnic minority ministry looks like, and then go ahead and tell us what's on your heart about the effectiveness and what kind of results we hear. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Ed. Well, as as a... uh a background on this uh, for for FEBC Thailand alone, 
we ministered to 17 uh, people groups, ethnic groups. And when we talk about ethnic groups, um, they're pretty known in uh, before as people in the mountain. So they're montagnards. So many, many of them are, are there in the mountain. So I, I totally agree with you when you said they're in the remotest parts of the area. So um, many of them, um, missionaries hasn't reached their particular place, but they are maintaining their culture, maintaining their, their language, and they are scattered all over Southeast Asia. Before, there was no boundaries, right? But when the boundaries came and there's countries that took control of their, their, their areas, so now they're dislocated. But the wonderful thing is they are keeping their culture, their language, and their, their customs. And that's where we come in. And we, have, we find uh, uh, indigenous uh, people in you know in their language the people group and then when we find them we train them to produce radios produce programs contents and this people are now sharing the gospel and many of them are many of them are pastors actually mm-hmm. so they are bible trained so let let me ask you a question just for clarity there Jonathan you say once you identify these people groups you go in. So we send someone into these communities, mm-hmm. preferably someone that speaks their language so that they can investigate and find if there's a person there who's equipped and or capable of uh, understanding the gospel sufficiently to do a broadcast in that language. Mm-hmm. And then for decades, we've been doing this. What platform is it that you're trying to reach those people? Now, we are using radio. And uh, now with, with the new technology, uh, we are using social media. Facebook is uh, very, very uh, popular, uh, popular with them. Now, Ed, when you said uh, when we go to a place, you know, we, we look for where, where God is working already, where, where the Lord is working already. And so we come alongside with that. If we hear that, actually, I'm communicating right now in one people group, um, I, I won't mention because that's very, very a restricted area. Now, uh, there is now uh, Christians there, a very, very small n- number of Christians, but uh, these Christians are now studying the Scripture. And this is a, this is a good connection for us. And they're also uh, telling us that we, we, we want to have radio right now because— uh, we want to reach uh, those areas that are restricted, and radio and media can be a, a great access to them. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting, you know, we talked about terminology and how things are so easy for us to understand. For the purposes of those listening today, when you say radio, they probably have this image of FEBC going into this thick, dense, hot and humid jungle and chopping down trees and building a radio tower, but that's not really what you mean when you say radio, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Because we, we have a big transmitter that we could send to, uh, I mean, our, our contents we could send to the Philippines and then broadcast it back 
to their particular location. So our transmitter in the Philippines is a shortwave radio transmitter. And the people living in these very remote regions are accustomed to the fact that they don't have access necessarily to television or FM radio. So they're listening on shortwave radio receivers, and they have been for decades, Uh to FEBC's broadcasts over shortwave. And now you're pointing that just recently, in addition to shortwave radio, they're using these other platforms. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, because now with uh, with the technology that, as as I mentioned to you, they they most of them live in the mountains, and when uh, technology is setting up their antennas, it's mostly in the mountains. So they have now access yeah. to to those uh, new technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just fascinated by the fact that social media is making inroads it for ministry in these remote areas as well. And uh, Jonathan, do you have some stories you can tell us of, of specifically oh. how people are responding to this ethnic language ministry? The, hearing the gospel in their own language has got to be a, a, just a wonderful experience for them when so few people speak that language. I'm, I'm just so encouraged to hear all the responses coming from, from our listeners. And um Majority of this ethnic people groups, these people groups are are animists, and they are controlled and on fear uh, from from evil spirits. So, so I'd like to highlight this this wonderful stories that I, I got. Um, in fact, one one um, partner we have. Uh, they, you know, I, I ask them how can how does the gospel really penetrates and change people's lives. So this is one one uh, a pastor that that says, you know, we teach them that their ancestors are not turning into spirits that haunt them and make them sick or harm them. We teach them how to have a personal relationship with their creator through Jesus Christ instead of evil spirits. So, so the, here's here's a story. Here, actually, here are two wonderful, wonderful stories that okay. I get from from Amian people, and uh, uh, just amazing what what God is doing, and this has been changing lives. So he said, "I would like to thank FEBC for letting me hear the gospel and trust in God through Jesus Christ. I would like to share my testimony. I was born in Mian family." who respect and worship spirits like majority of the Mian family. I had to worship the spirits and inherit the spirits' respect ceremony from my father. My my parents are the ones who look for a bride for me to marry. My wife and I live with my parents after we got married. However, my father died when I was 40 years old, so I had to perform the spirit ceremony after my father's death. There were several times that the spirits made a member of my family got sick. My mother passed away and my youngest daughter got a severe sickness and her body turned green for nine days. Well, he went to a shaman and said, the shaman said, the reason that your daughter is sick is because she did not worship the spirits. So you have to kill a chicken as an atonement. Then your daughter will be healed. So I did that, and my daughter recovered from from the illness. A few months later, my daughter got sick again. 
the shaman told me that I have to kill a pig, and so I did. And my 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 daughter uh, was healed. After a couple of months, my daughter became sick again, and my wife as well. This time, the shaman said, "You have to kill the cow." After that, I started drinking alcohol because I didn't know what to do. My friend, a listener of FEBC, told me about FEBC. Then I knew why he didn't tell me that Jesus can make me free from the Spirit because it is forbidden to mention Jesus' name. Later, I listened to FEBC radio And that was my first time hearing the name of Jesus. The preacher said on the radio that believing in Jesus makes you free from the spirits. So I hurriedly took my my daughter to, to my friend for help. My friend was so fearful, but still he helped me to pray. And from there on, everyone in my family become believers and was baptized. My daughter has been permanently free from the spirit. However, we have been listening to the radio for many years, and then my, my radio machine broke down. But uh, starting again in, uh, in COVID uh, predicament, uh, now we're listening to the FEBC Mien broadcasts, even with, through the Bible. God bless me so much. I have 11 kids, seven daughters, and four sons. Four of my sons are, the, are servants of God now. And today, I have 20 grandchildren. Mm. That certainly paints a picture, Jonathan, of the difference between ministering God's words in places like Southeast Asia versus around the corner from our homes here in the United States, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, the spirit world is so uh, prevalent, you know, in in other countries, uh, in but God overcomes. Mm. Mm. Jonathan, you said you had two stories. Can can you share the second with us? Sure. And this is also a mien. Um, in 1980, I studied to be shaman and had been doing the spirit ceremony for 17 years. So I know the matter of ghosts are all about slavery. My oldest son was three years old when he got sick seriously for seven days. I took him to the doctor but the doctor couldn't help. Afterward, I took my son to see the shaman, and my, my son was healed. I knew that my son would indeed belong to the Spirit. Mm. You know, just to give a background here, because when th- their understanding is if someone gets sick, uh, especially young children, and then they got healed— that means when they pray for a spirit, that means that child will grow to become a shaman too. So this was the this was the fear of the dad. I was worried and couldn't find the solution because he said I knew that my son would indeed belong to the spirit. So we started to quarrel in the family and we were unhappy. My children started getting sick again and I knew I had to do something quickly. And then I heard on the radio that Jesus can make me make us free from the Spirit. And that was the good news from the radio. I didn't know how to believe in Him. 
Also, my father-in-law didn't know either how to believe in Jesus. At that time, we had no idea how to pray, and we didn't even have the Bible. In addition, the government officers restricted and claimed it's illegal. What? I mean, that, that, this is now the question, what should we do? How, how would we live? Finally, I decided to believe in Jesus. I only listened to the Bible teaching on the radio. In those days, the persecution was uh, severe. They would catch us if we, didn't, if we don't choose the Spirit and we choose Jesus. Eventually, we chose Jesus and learned of Him. We went against the officer and believed in Jesus. God always gives us the wisdom to talk with the authorities. They're always curious about where, where we got that, this knowledge. So from then on, the, the authorities uh, don't want to touch us and don't want to arrest us. And we were saved every time. Besides, we also dare to lead others to become believers in Jesus. The officer said, you can believe in Jesus, but do not let others to believe Jesus, uh, to become Jesus followers. But now, I am a church leader and continue leading the people, becoming the believers in Jesus. And he said, more and more. The church has 191 members now, or 36 families, and I learned most of the Bible on the radio. Well, that certainly is at the core, Jonathan, of FEBC's mission, taking Christ and Christ's word to the least reached people around the world. And you've seen firsthand, Jonathan, how putting God's word powerfully into people's lives changes them and changes their entire community. So we're grateful for your report today. And Ed, this ministry of reaching into these ethnic language communities, this is a commitment we've made, and we're going to stick with this. And actually, we want to see this ministry grow as well, don't we? We certainly do. And some of the things that Jonathan's been superintending over, Wayne, in my mind, are just miraculous. Um, Zoom Bible studies being hosted by FEBC's minority language broadcasters in countries like Laos with literally hundreds of people joining and studying the Bible for the first time in the history of their people group. It's, it's miraculous, and it's God's work, and we're committed to it. And I would hope that our listeners would uh, have enjoyed this program and would continue to pray for those broadcasters in minority areas of Southeast Asia and uh, that their effective messages would be heard by thousands and thousands and thousands of people. We have something very practical that we can do to encourage listeners in this regard. Jonathan, it's called Unreached in Focus. Uh, This is meant to be used both by churches and by individuals so that we can uh, become more acquainted with the need to reach the unreached and how to go about that. So uh, I just want to point out to our listeners the availability of Unreached in Focus at our website, febc.org. Jonathan, can we ask you to close this uh, conversation in prayer? You are on the front lines of this ministry, and it's so great to get this firsthand report, but why don't you pray in conclusion for us, if you would? My joy. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to you, thanking you, Lord, for just bringing us all together and uh, pray for the people, um, the ethnic people groups. Lord, we have been... uh, 
reaching out to this people. And Lord, thank you for for calling uh, their own people to reach uh, their people for the Lord. Lord, thank you so much that you are you are always there. Lord, thank you that you overcome and you're you're victorious, even in the against evil spirits, because you are our God, our Lord. Lord, continue to move in the hearts of uh, our our people, our ethnic people groups, and those who are uh, continually seeking you. And Lord, we we pray that more and more people will come to know you um, in this this ethnic groups, wherever they are, because we are reaching them through the power of God and using technology as you have placed them in our hands. Help us to be faithful. Thank you, Lord, for also our our listeners who have been praying for us um, continually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, so thanks, Jonathan, for joining us today. Thanks for being an instrument in the hands of um, FEBC, Ethnic Minority Language Ministry. I know you have spent countless hours traveling to these remote places, meeting with our broadcasters. We would pray for the upcoming gathering of the ethnic minority broadcasters in Chiang Mai, Thailand, that uh, that you're hosting, that it would be a time that they would enjoy the company of one another, learn from one another, and uh, give glory and honor to God for the privilege that they have to serve him. Thanks for listening today. It's been our joy. And uh, join us again next time for Until All Have Heard with Wayne Shepherd, produced by Joe Carlson. And thanks particularly today to Jonathan Mortis. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs>